Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, traders. We are coming at you with the 69th episode of the Performante podcast. It is November 2nd, 2021, and we have a fun, jam-packed episode for you all to listen to. We will be covering some DeFi degen plays, really capitalizing on the current market momentum where we're seeing massive capital inflows into microcaps, into DeFi, into yield farms. And we are going to be talking about how we are leveraging these opportunities to generate capital and overall navigate the market in a safe manner. So my name is Nathan. I've got Keith with us today, and we will be diving straight into some of our favorite DeFi degen plays. Welcome, everyone. We're going to jump right into the first network, and that's going to be the AVAX or Avalanche network. The first uh, DApp or decentralized application that we're going to be talking about for the DeFi DGen podcast is going to be Trader Joe. It is the most common decentralized application on the AVAX network. And a lot of the AVAX uh, network uh, projects like SmartCoin and Wonderland, which we'll talk about a little bit later, are purchased on Trader Joe's. So it's definitely somewhere that is a pretty common place to purchase up and coming projects that are using the AVAX network. And it was actually just founded in June of 2021, so pretty recently here. And the coin for Trader Joe's, Joe, J-O-E, currently has a market cap of $266 million. So a substantial increase from just June of 2021, but we still do see it is a pretty undervalued decentralized exchange when you're comparing it to things like Uni or even like PancakeSwap or the larger um, de decentralized exchanges that people are on. Right now, in terms of the total assets staked, there's currently around around 160 million. And in terms of the staked Joe, the native cryptocurrency for Trader Joe's, we have around $5 million worth of Joe staked on Trader Joe's. So not a ton, which is a good thing if you're looking at it from a potential growth standpoint. But if you're looking for liquidity, if you're looking for really low spreads, might not be the absolute best, but it's pretty hard to find really, really tight, low spreads within a DEX. And in terms of staking, uh, the Trader Joe's doesn't offer a tremendous APY. It has around 29% right now, so really low when you're comparing it to things that we'll talk about a little bit later. But as a really well-known DEX on the AVAX network, 29% is still pretty solid. Um, I would say PancakeSwap is kind of similar in terms of what it's able to um, provide in terms of the features and functions. Um, and you can trade in terms of the features it does have. You can trade, obviously, like a lot of DEXs. You can farm, you can stake, and you can borrow on Trader Joe's. And it is the place to buy a lot of the DeFi plays on the AVAX network. Yeah, we've really seen Trader Joe really come into the spotlight when Avalanche launched its mainnet C-Chain a couple months back. And even more so when we saw some money flow into the ecosystem for incubation, I believe it was from Aave or Curve just to kind of kickstart the ecosystem. And so we've really been seeing Avalanche kind of everywhere. And both me and Keith, as well as some others in the Discord have been involved on another crypto on the Avalanche chain called SmartCoin. Uh, it was launched October 20th, uh, looks like just two weeks ago now. And this was definitely one that started with a bang. Um, so initially it started with what was called SMRT, and the idea was that every time the total volume block doubled, the APR would double. And so we saw the APR go all the way up to, I believe, 32,000% is where it peaked out at. 
And uh, this really created an unsustainable situation. So we saw price go from fractions of a penny all the way up to $2.80, I believe was the peak. Uh, I personally got in between like $1.50 and $2.10. Uh, and right now it's actually trading below a penny, which is, uh, it's not quite a rug pull because the project's still developing, but a significant decrease in capital value. Uh, and we've really seen the project evolve into what they are calling the squid games of crypto where they are saying there is 10 phases. And so the third phase that just completed recently was a swap from SMRT smart to smarter SMRT R. And this is basically another stage of yield farming where you can get that doubling APR every time the total volume locked increases. And there are some interesting metrics in place to ensure the price continues to go up. But with the next stage, I believe this is phase four, they are actually going to be airdropping a meme coin based on how much you're staking over the next 30 days. So between now and the next 30 days, they are randomly gonna take a snapshot of the staking pools and airdrop you corresponding to how much capital you have in the pool. The, the team is quite good at marketing in their own defense. It'll be interesting to see how the meme coin stage develops because it seems like as this project develops from phase one, phase two, phase three, all the way through phase 10, there's more twists, more turns. And uh, at least we're buckled up, hoping for a moon ride, prepared to get rug pulled. Because that is really the biggest risk here is with these small meme coins, the small micro caps, you really should not be playing with money that you need. This should all be fun money. And personally, I just see the smart coin experience as entertainment at this point. If it pumps, I'll be buying a Tesla. If it dumps, I'll forget about it. <laughs> That's definitely a, a good goal for sure to buy that Tesla with SmartCoin. Uh, something that we'll also talk about on the AVAX network is something called Wonderland. And uh, the ticker for it is TIME, T-I-M-E. And it's a fork and a similar project from the Olympus DAO project. If you know what that is, it's on the ERC20 network, so it's on the Ethereum network. And right now, this is a up and coming project for, it's called Wonderland, that has the same sort of functionalities. And basically, they are providing a platform where they have assets that back the actual um, time cryptocurrency. And right now, the price of one time coin is around $7,436. And around, let's say, just under $1,000 is actually backing the token. So let's say there is some massive event and the price of time drops significantly. The value that Wonderland has is around, let's say, $1,000 per time. So there's already that backing there, which is giving a little bit more confidence to people who are interested in it. So that's pretty interesting. And in terms of the APYs and the returns that you're able to generate, it is unbelievable. It is similar to the Olympus Dow project at its infancy when it was, uh, I, don't, I don't exactly know the percentage, but it was in the thousands of percents. And with Wonderland right now, it is around 69,000% APY, and it pays out around every eight hours. And in terms of the total value lock, the TLV for time, it has just crossed the $1 billion mark. So that's a pretty monumental point. I don't exactly know when Olympus Dow reached that, but $1 billion is a significant amount, and they do have assets backing it. You could basically 
receive time by either purchasing it on something like Trader Joe's, which you just talked about, or you can actually mint it, and it's basically providing backing for the token, and that's how you mint time. So there are multiple ways to actually generate time, but it is something that we're keeping an eye on, and it's a major, major DGEN DeFi play for sure. It's very risky. Um, if you look at like uh, some of the other competitors that didn't do so well, it is something that could absolutely go bust. So it's like I, like Nathan said, something that you only put a little bit of money into. That's fun money. That is something that you can 100% afford to lose. But if it does play out, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. And with 69,000% APY paid out every eight hours auto compounding because you get something called uh, MIMO or memories, which auto compounds. It is a opportunity that I think will be exceedingly lucrative for this next, I guess, uh, month and a little bit here. And just to touch on, um, before we go on to the ne next network, the, Av the AVAX or Avalanche network here, just as a little bit of a comparison in terms of like, because I think Av uh, AVAX is an up and coming project that not many people will know about too much. So in terms of transactions per second, like if you're comparing it to something like a behemoth, like Ethereum, we're seeing over 4,500 transactions on AVAX compared to Ethereum. And it does use the same smart contract language, but the fees are substantially cheaper on Avalanche compared to Ethereum. So I think the fact that it has extremely low fees and it has a high transactions per second output gives it that platform that a lot of uh, DeFi plays are using to build their platform off of. And if you haven't listened to the podcast where we talk about the different platforms, definitely check that out. And for the next thing that we're going to go on to... Oh, sorry. Do you mind if I uh, jump oh, in? Oh, yeah. Here? Yeah, definitely. Uh, just to tack on. So Olympus DAO, very popular project. They have around $3.6 billion deposited into their protocol. And right now their APY is 7,800%. But again, just attuned to what Keith was saying just now, the bottleneck to the Olympus platform for small capital users is the Ethereum gas fee predicament. Because right now you have to exchange your Ethereum for DAI, which is a stable coin backed by Ethereum. You have to move that DAI into OM, which is the ticker for Olympus. And then you have to be able to put that into the farm. And so every step of the way, you will be paying Ethereum gas fees. Shout out to uh, a friend named Phil, who I think was just getting started with Olympus Dow. He wanted to put $1,000 in and he paid $600 in fees trying to get there. Wild. And so it's the kind of thing where we recognize the bottleneck to Ethereum is fees and seeing this cross-pollination of a similar mechanism into the Avalanche network, which has much lower fees, where you're paying maybe between five and 50 cents per transaction or per smart contract interaction, it empowers the small fish in the big pond to get their feet wet into DeFi and begin exploring this invasive industry. Yeah, extremely well said. And to now loop into the next network altogether, we just talked about AVAX, and this is a network that has a lot of hype, a lot of interest right now, and it is the Sol or Solana network. Uh, the NFTs in that space has been absolutely exploding, and we've been talking a lot about some of the DEXs on there, like Serum, really good opportunity there. But in this particular podcast, we'll be talking about Step Finance. This is one actually that Nathan uh, talked about uh, a little bit previously. I haven't invested in it yet, but is definitely I'm definitely interested in looking into it and putting some investments in this space. So. Step Finance uh, started trading on March 26, 2021. So this year, it currently has a very small market cap of around 3.5 million. And 
it's kind of weird. They have a small market cap of 3.5 million, but they have a total value locked a TLV of 22 million on Step Finance's platform. So that's a, a very significant difference there. And the features that it comes with is it can execute swaps, you can enter yield farms, and you can create and enter automated vaults, which auto compound for you. So a lot of the similar functionalities that other DEXs have on other networks, except this one is targeted specifically for the Solana network. And with Solana hitting all times highs, relatively doing much better than a lot of the other platform projects. Yes, Ethereum sitting all-time highs as well, uh, but you do see like, for example, things like Cardano really lagging behind, really just still consolidating, not doing much. While well, you're seeing Polkadot explode, you're seeing Solana explode. So these are the, and AVAX is doing really well as well. So these are the types of places that I think you're gonna start to see more and more kind of smaller novice investors start to go in because it's allowing for cheaper fees and there are more ridiculous APYs that people are attracted to. It's kind of why we're talking about it right now. Yeah, Solana's definitely got the market momentum. It actually set an all-time high today, which we absolutely love to see. We've been pretty bullish on this project for a while. And again, we've been talking about Radium and Serum as kind of two of the major DEXs on the platform. But even if you are just engaging with the Solana network in any capacity, I think you should definitely be aware of the STEP application because it's really the one-stop shop for all things on Solana. On the dashboard, you can see basically your entire Solana NFT portfolio. Uh, you can swap, so it acts as a decentralized exchange. You can provide liquidity as well with those lucrative LP tokens. You can view all of your NFTs that you have as an NFT gallery, which is pretty unique as well. You can also see opportunities, so potential liquidity pools that are very profitable or new within the Solana network. Uh, and also, big shout out to FTX. FTX is a major investor and supporter of the STEP network. It's actually interesting to see just how heavily ingrained FTX is with the Solana network. They have been providing a lot of capital to these projects like STEP Finance, Radium, and Serum, just to kind of get it lifted off the ground. And there's even an area for supporting charities on Step Finance, where you basically just donate whatever stablecoin or however much amount of Solana that you would like. And basically the way the app works is I use the Phantom Web Wallet. And so all you would do is you log into your Phantom Web Wallet on the Step app. And there's your dashboard right there all ready to go. And you can make moves on the Solana network all in one place. Very sleek, very consumer friendly. And honestly, I haven't seen anything like this on a comparable network like Ethereum or anything like that. So as always, products that provide consumer value will be adopted. And that's really what we're speculating on with this Solana ecosystem. Yeah, definitely well said. There's going to be a lot of hype for the Sol network uh, in the upcoming future, in my opinion. $300 is not too far away, not as far as you think, in my opinion. Um, so moving on to the next topic, we're going to be talking about meme coins. There's been a new wave of meme coins that we've really seen. And Doge is kind of like the uh, baby boomer meme coin. It kind of seems like and even SHIB is kind of taking a backseat, taking the back burner where we see some of these other meme coins absolutely explode. And the first two aren't so much meme coins, they actually have a use case. Like for example, our first one we're gonna be talking about is UFO. It is an NFT gaming platform um, involving the metaverse and with Facebook's meta launch, we're seeing a lot of tokens in the metaverse space like Decentraland, even some things like Star Atlas. Atlas is doing pretty well right now, so that sector is seeing more traction, seeing more capital inflows coming into it. And right now, 
we have around a market cap of 552 million. It does seem like a lot, but if you're comparing it to other platforms and other NFT spaces, uh, it does still have a ton of space to grow in my opinion. And uh, I'll let Nathan talk. Uh, take the next one here. Yeah, so just uh, one last point to tack on with UFO. It's kind of like a cookie cutter where you can NFT gamify just about any project. And there is speculation and rumors circulating that UFO is going to be partnering up with Shiba Inu, that uh, meme token that's really found its way into the top 10 cryptocurrency lists, to develop and provide a Shiba Inu-centric NFT gaming platform. A little bit of speculation there in the rumor mill. And another project that we do like, oh, just for reference, UFO is on the Ethereum network. So you're going to have to uh, give your left kidney to Uniswap in exchange for the gas fees. That's going to be really be the cost there. And so the next one, NFTB, this is on the Binance Smart Chain, uh, one ecosystem that we're really bullish on. And with the Binance Smart Chain, we've really seen an underdevelopment uh, in the NFT ecosystem. We've seen a large push with DeFi, for example, PancakeSwap and OneInch, but the NFT ecosystem is a little bit lackluster, and that's where NFTB comes in. It's a 54 million market cap crypto, so in my opinion, it's still very small, and it's a hub for NFTs, DeFi, and eventually decentralized exchange. It's kind of a one-stop shop, similar to Step for Solana. NFTB is the one-stop shop for all things Binance Smart Chain. Still got a small market cap with a very large upside. And even uh, CZ is a big supporter. You can actually, uh, if you go on the NFTB app, you can find some uh, NFTs that CZ owns in his personal wallet. And so, right, it's kind of cool. And so the next project we want to talk about also on the Binance Smart Chain is Floki Inu. This has a $2.5 billion market cap, so a little bit more mature. And honestly, there's really not much to this project. It's a meme, it's a meme coin, it's a shit coin. It's actually named after Elon Musk's dog. He recently got a new Shiba Inu called Floki. And that's really, I guess, the fundamental analysis of this project. <laughs> Anything Elon touches pumps. And so this is really just trying to capitalize on the meme momentum, the market momentum, get your profits, cover your cost, get the fuck out and let the rest ride. Really simple as that. And speaking a tune with that and the world of dog coins, we have Cat Girl. Cat Girl is the prime example of respect the TikTok pump. <laughs> you were seeing comments on all of our videos saying buy cat girl totally. you go on you go on any finance page it's like you'll buy cat girl cat girl mooning and 100 percent, it's up like forty-eight thousand percent in a month and the fundamental analysis here is really simple dogs are pumping people like dogs dogs go up in value but people also like cats but there's really not that many cat coins in the market and to me that is a buy signal the market's undervalued in cat coins, it's got to catch up. Pretty simple there. And uh, another one that we want to talk to that actually just got brought to our attention from our Discord community is Corgi B, or the Corgis of Poker Bridge. It's basically an NFT marketplace for meme tokens, where it's kind of a central hub where, for them to launch NFTs. And it's also powered by Poker Bridge, so a little bit of cooperation between the Binance Smart Chain and the Polkadot Network. And the Polkadot Network has been extremely bullish recently with their parachains auctioning and basically it launching to a fully-fledged, fully-ready-to-go cryptocurrency. Kind of a bit of a sympathy play between the dog names, 
Binance Smart Chain Momentum and the Polkadot Momentum, kind of the holy trifecta, if you will. But at the end of the day, with these meme coins, the number one thing that you have to keep in mind, actually, I guess there's a couple of things to keep in mind. These, these are my top tips for all meme coin speculators. One, in the wise words of Elon Musk, don't bet the farm. It's better to put less capital than you think you should than more capital than you wish you didn't. It's really just all about risk management because as soon as you enter these trades, you usually end up with almost a 10% loss straight out of the gate just from slippage. That in itself that in itself can add a little bit of a roadblock in terms of profit. Uh, another thing to keep in mind is that these are extremely volatile and if you can't take that kind of emotional volatility, the meme coin market is not for you. These are YOLO DGEN plays. The last component that I think is important to consider with these meme coins is the the illiquidity to get out. Similar to slippage, it's that sometimes they can be really tricky to sell just because there's not that much liquidity. And so averaging out, covering your cost as soon as you've reached some level of profit and letting the rest ride is probably the best approach. Don't get greedy. Don't ride all the way from bottom to top like we did with Elon Gate. Keep it simple. Keep it clinical. Cover your cost. Get your moon bag. Let the rest ride. Yeah, extremely well said. And I think with the part one of the bull run, you kind of got a second chance because if you invested, you were just you're continuing to hold your bags that you got from the summer of this year, kind of the spring and summer of this year. You still have that second part of the bull run left to go, which we're seeing right now from now until kind of the end of December, start of 2022. So you're able to kind of recuperate or recoup the losses that you've seen from the first dump down back in like the May era of this year so there's in, in my opinion at least there's not going to be that second opportunity after we get this next big pump in the cryptocurrency market because uh, at the end of the year somewhere around there maybe early 2022 in our view we will start to see the bull run come to a completion we'll see bitcoin have its final parabolic push to the upside and once that bear market comes and sets in there's not going to really be any opportunity for that second pump you're going to be holding those heavy bags for years it's not going to be like six months or anything it will be years from 2017 until kind of the october september of 2020 that was really the bear market and consolidation so especially with the bear market coming in 2022 or the speculation of the bear market coming this is the point where you really want to understand or have a plan at least of taking some profits, whether it be a certain dollar amount, whether it be a percentage, whether it be the uh, technicals and the price action looking weaker, not really setting those strong higher highs, whatever the strategy you're looking for, I'd say having some sort of strategy to be able to actually hold the profits that you've been able to generate for from now until the end of the year is going to be really important. And we're going to end off this podcast talking a little bit about the Squid Games, the because uh, like SmartCoin, they do classify themselves as being Squid Games, but this Squid Games actually had the ticker symbol Squid, and it was an absolute rug pull. Rug rug pull. If you're in the world of crypto, you've definitely heard about it. All the major news uh, news broadcasters were talking about Squid Games, talking about its monumental rise, and I just pulled up the actual chart of Squid Games here and. On 10.55 on Halloween day, it was at around 
and on November 1st at around 2.25 a.m. it was $628 and on November 1st 2.55 a.m. so like literally uh, in less than five minutes it went from $628 to basically zero. Um, it absolutely dumped. It was a massive rug pull and a lot of people have been checking Twitter and it was a really big hit for a lot of people who were not really understanding risk management, not understanding that these massive degen plays that are like meme coins or crazy APYs, they have inherent risk to them. You know, you're not going to get a free lunch around here. You have to accept the risk in order to do that. You have to feel comfortable with the investment. And the only way to do that is to invest what you're able to lose. Don't make irrational, emotional decisions. Uh, with money that you can't afford to lose, it always ends in a bad way. Keep your blue pot, your heavy pot, where a lot of your actual investments are. If you're investing in like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, what, whatever the case may be, you have these large projects that are going to become multi-billion or potentially like with Bitcoin, you know, trillion dollar market, trillion dollar market caps. But with Squid Games and like Smart Coin and like even these smaller like Trader, Trader Joe's, a lot of them are not going to make it. So having your, I guess, diversification of degen plays would be a good thing as well as only investing what you're able to lose. So hopefully the Squid Games is a little bit of a wake-up call. There are situations where people lose a shit ton of money. So just be aware of that. And I think it's still worth the investment because you are able to make a substantial amount of money with a very small amount of risk. But like always, understand that there is inherent risk in major DeFi plays. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you've watched Squid Games, you know that on that first episode, they start off strong with the red light, green light, and it was pumping. It went up to like $2,600. Everyone was like, green light, and then it went to zero with a big red light. Yeah. And it was funny because every major news outlet was either covering it or got paid to cover it, and then they didn't really own up to the accountability after it got rug pulled. Interesting seeing that erroneous behavior from major news outlets like yahoo finance bloomberg all covered it wall street journal even talked about squid games and so perhaps they were paid a pretty penny for that promotion or perhaps they did it on their own accord hard to tell but i think on that bombshell great place to end that episode really covering all the DeFi opportunities all the degen opportunities we have across the market we do have a very reputable bullish momentum across the crypto sector and uh, if you did not know we are participating in no sell november just like some people on the internet uh, participate in a different no november <laughs> uh, we're participating in no sell november so onwards and upwards everyone bitcoin all-time high hopefully coming in soon until that point stay safe everyone we wish you the best